Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. I'm Chris Maxwell, and I love these uh, conversations with my friend Tracy Reynolds. And uh, Tracy and I had the honor in our last episode of talking to Dr. Mark Rutland. And, and Dr. Rutland, thank you for taking the time to be with us. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm delighted yeah. to be back. Well, we ended our last conversation um, by letting you tell us some of the thoughts and stories from your latest book of Kings and Prophets. So let's just kind of pick this up where we ended mm-hmm. that. What are some lessons that we can all learn as, as leaders uh, in today's world from those ancient stories? Well, the first thing is um, there are people now that are withdrawing, pulling back from leadership. They're afraid to go into leadership mm-hmm. in anything, not just in the ministry, They'd rather be the vice president than the president. They'd rather be the associate pastor than the pastor. Um, and And it's obvious why. Culture is pounding leadership right now. Police, principals, uh, pastors, politicians, gee, that's alliterative. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and leadership is just getting a pounding right now. So as a result, people are withdrawing from the possibility that it's, it's harder and harder to see people called into positions of leadership. If you interview young people, I'm talking about really young, junior high school, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to, what's your dream? What's your vision? I'm going to tell you something that's very discouraging. I ask hundreds of kids everywhere I go. I preach all over the world. And American children, by and large, cannot tell you. Hmm. They, they have no clue. And I think it's because of a fear of leadership. So there is the fear of being, the book is titled, Of Kings and Prophets. So there is the fear of being the king. Mm-hmm. There's also the fear of being the prophet. So let's broaden the concept of prophet from somebody who, you know, stands up the angry prophet, you know, Nathan who denounces David or something like that. An advisor, a counselor, the wise presence. So both of these are positions that are gifts of God. The call into a leadership position is a gift of God. Mm. God calls you to it, and really it's just as wrong to refuse leadership as it is to usurp leadership. God calls you, and it's a gift, and you should accept it. But the advisor, the one who, is, who finds access to the leader, that... Uh, that suddenly, for some reason, he or she is listening to you. They turn to you and say, what do you think? That's a position of tremendous, that's a tremendous gift. It is also extremely dangerous because the corridors of power are corrupting. So you can find God places you as the best friend of a, of a multimillionaire athlete. And you're not a multimillionaire athlete. You're a regular Joe. But he makes you his best friend. It can be seductive that it becomes more important to you to be the best friend of a multimillionaire athlete than it is to say to him what he needs to hear. Hmm. So both right now, people are 
actually pulling back from being both kings and prophets. But being situated, and I'm using the word prophet, you understand, as, right. as that person who has access to power, that's highly seductive. There's, a, there's an intriguing verse in the book of Proverbs. Uh, for years, I didn't know what it meant. You remember this? It says, when you eat at the table of a wealthy man, put a knife to your own throat. What a, what a strange mm-hmm. passage, isn't it? And I see what it means now. It means hold that knife to your throat and say, you don't have to sit at this table. Right. You don't have to have these delicacies. You don't have to eat this rich food. Be careful what you mm-hmm. say and do and be at this table in order to stay here. That's one of the, that's one of the themes of the book of Kings and Prophets. Well, we live in, in a tension. Chris and I obviously work at, at Emmanuel College. And just um, uh, this particular year, we have a very healthy uh, group of new ministry students. But you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter if it's business or, or whatever. Um, there's a hesitancy to move into those roles for obvious reasons, uh, because they, they become targets. Um, I love the word gift. I love that seeing the, the, the calling, regardless of what it is, embracing that, owning that, um, not for more or less than it is, but if it's a gift, truly, I have nothing to be braggadocious about. I can just receive it with grace and step into that as, as a matter of stewardship. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's like any other thing. A gift of God is a, is a precious thing, and therefore, you you can't hurt it, harm it, or um, be a bad steward, as you say. But at the same time, it's it's a level of arrogance to reject it. Mm. Uh, God offers you a gift. So, suppose your your wife came to you with a, a wonderful gift of some kind and offered it to you, and you said, "No, I don't. I don't want that." She would be hurt. And God offers us opportunities to serve, and we decide sometimes which gift is either worthy of me (laughs) or which gift is over my head. And I have never stepped into a single position of leadership in my life where I didn't feel that this time I'm over my head. Yeah. Every single time I thought, oh, oh yeah. my Lord, what have, what have I done? What has God done? I did yeah. every time. Same here. Yeah. As you look back of those different roles and positions you've been in, what do you know now that you wish you had known? That's a, that's a very good question, and, I, and, and it is something that I've asked myself. One is, in every position into which God leads you, every leadership gift that you are given, you are called to do two things at the same time. And that's what I didn't know. You are called to fulfill that gift, that position. So if God leads you to this position, do that position. The second thing you're called to do at the same time is learn everything you can learn for the next position. Mm -hmm. There's no way that I could... I I went to be the associate pastor at Mount Perrin Church of God. At that time, the largest Pentecostal church east of the Mississippi. I came literally, not figuratively, out of Africa doing missionary evangelism. I was preaching one week off the hood of a Land Rover on the border of Burkina Faso. The next week, I was on the platform of a high-dollar, upscale, 9,000-member Pentecostal church. 
And I'm going to tell you what happened that first Sunday. That's one of the greatest moments of my life. I was standing beside Dr. Paul Walker, the lead pastor, who is a consummate genius. Yes. The worship is going, 250-voice choir, orchestra, huge church. And we're standing, you know, in those days you were on the platform. You didn't sit down front. So <clears throat> we're standing up there during the music, and he leans over to me, and he says, are those your best shoes? <laughs> right in the middle of the service. And I said, well, Dr. Walker, they're my dress shoes. They're the only pair I've got. And this is all going on in the service. He said, if you can't afford a pair, I'll buy them. But he said, I don't want to see those shoes on this platform next week. He, and he looked at me right in the eye. I was kind of shocked. And I didn't know whether to be offended or what. He looked me right in the eye and he said this. Remember this. New platform, new shoes. Mm. And I felt that it had greater implication than what... That, he wasn't yeah. talking about those shoes. I think he was saying, welcome to Mount Perrin. you got to get your game on. Yeah. Now... I could never have the the monstrous disaster I inherited at Calvary it was a totally bankrupt church. I wasn't even paid there for nearly a year. So I could never have stepped into that if it hadn't been for my parent. Hmm. I went to Southeastern College and under that leadership when I was there, it became a university. It 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 was the became the largest Assembly of God university in the nation. I could never have endured that decade if it hadn't been for Calvary. Then ORU, somebody ran that ship on the reef, and they called me. I could never have even stepped into the altitude and velocity. My last year at ORU, our annual budget was $105 million. Well, I, could, I couldn't have stepped. I had hundreds of employees. I was one of the bigger employers in Tulsa County. I could never have gone from Africa to ORU. In other words, I believe your life makes more sense in the rearview mirror than it does out the windscreen. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the sense that, hey, God never calls you to a place that he doesn't qualify and you give you the tools, but, but having to learn and continue to learn just lifelong, just, I know, uh, we were talking before we got on this podcast that last week, last year I couldn't even spell podcast and now we are one, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's nuts, but it's, it, if you uh, can find a place of humility where you realize, man, I just, I need to ask better questions. Uh, I need to stay inquisitive, stay hungry, uh, and stay humble. Realize that there's, there's so education, if nothing else, show me how little I know, um, and slightly better questions, but the things that I, I do know, I'm a little bit more steeped in, but, but continue to grow, continue to learn, allow God to shape us and mold us, uh, and let this step plan help you for the next step. Yeah, I like your, that's one of the reasons I like the name of your podcast, uh, is the next step, because I believe that is basically the way leadership works. You do this step. You have to do it. You have to perform at that level. But what you're learning is not necessarily just for this step. What you're learning is also for the next step. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I believe that's a, basically a philosophy of life that I have. I've, something I've always said, the next phone call can change your life. Mm-hmm. It, it, you, you think you have it all figured out. Yeah. You, you feel like you're stationary, you're set, you're positioned. 
And the next phone call can change your life. And everything that you've learned doing life here was about doing life here, but it may also be about doing life at the next step. Yeah. I've said I want to live a life uh, not with M.O., missed opportunities, Mm -hmm. but with M.M., ministry moments. Yes. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I'm in Florida. I'm... I'd gotten on the elevator, gone downstairs at a hotel, picked up breakfast, and then I'm going back to the elevator to take the breakfast upstairs to my wife, and there I see, there's Mark Rutland. He's coming down the elevator. Okay, we had been communicating recently about other things, but I didn't know you were going to be there at that location. You didn't know I was going to be there. So I took the food up to Debbie, and then I came back down, and we just sat at a table. It was like we hadn't missed a beat since our last conversation. But to me, that's a reminder of next steps. You know, our previous conversations prepared us for that conversation. That's right. And it's like, that can be a part of our spiritual growth and development, our leadership with the people around us. Uh, understanding this, this, I just love images, and the poet in me always thinks with rhythm and, and image. But we have to be aware of looking out that window of our past, but looking in the mirror of our present. This is who we are. But we still have to be willing to look out that window of the future God has for us. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, uh, I always tell everybody, don't don't put your tent pegs in too deep. We're all leaving in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's been interesting for me in this new position that I have as uh, you know, pastoring a church. Something I didn't plan on doing. It was a total surprise, and uh, it's just one of my many jobs. But when I went in, I was the interim pastor, and then uh, you know, recently they wanted to change that from interim to convince me to continue serving as that pastor. Well, I, and I agreed to, but I realized that we're all interims. That's exactly. Wherever we are yeah. serving, we're right. an interim. That's precisely my point. Well, so I wish I had said it that way. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> it's temporary. We're just uh, yeah. passing through. That's yeah, a lot. We're, we're all passing through. Mm-hmm. And once you get your mind around that, you realize uh, clutching at things, right. experience, life, uh, and it forces you to dwarf your leadership. Mm. You, you become uh, shrunk to the experience that you've had in the past. And that the next step, you have to grow to the next step. But that feels threatening. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to say that. that I, I, I was extremely intimidated at every new job I've ever had. Yeah. Mm. And, and not just, I'm not talking about just big things. I took a job one time as the chauffeur. I was a chauffeur when I was in college, chauffeur for a lady in Washington, D.C. She had a Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud. And so I, I leave school, go put on my uniform, my hat, everything. I had never even seen a Rolls-Royce. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to crank it up. And this old lady, I had to drive her to the grocery store and take her to the doctor and that kind of thing. And and it it was it was intimidating. I'd never I'd never been a chauffeur. I had a chauffeur's license because I drove a school bus. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the guy that ran the private school where I drove the school bus, he said my mother needs a chauffeur. I was desperate. I would I was doing anything legal for money. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, I, I'm I'd be a great chauffeur. Never done it in my life. <laughs> well, I know it doesn't seem intimidating, but I was 19. Yeah. It was intimidating. Yeah. And every job I've ever had intimidated me. And just about the time I got where I was comfortable with it, God moved me to something else. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. And, he, and there was new keys each time that you'd never used before. 
That's and, it. And new hats <laughs> mm. and new well, shoes. Yeah. Well, before we finish, you know, in the next few minutes, um, just talk talk to us again about how people can learn more from you continually. Just kind of uh, connect us to your website, your books. This podcast. And, uh, yeah, 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 and your podcast and ways that we can stay connected to you. Because honestly, Mark, you're, you're doing an amazing job. In each of your roles, you have done a fabulous job and those surprises that God brought your way. Uh, but 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 you're a voice that needs to be heard Thank in you. today's culture. What a nice thing to say, uh, and a nice thing to hear. Uh, my website is drmarkrutland.com, or you can go to the Greater Ministry, which is Global Servants, uh, and find out about our girls' homes. We have a girls' home in West Africa and one in Thailand, uh, saving little girls for big destinies. Uh, you can go to drmarkrutland.com, find out about where to find other books, uh, my newest of Kings and Prophets, but all the books are there. You can get them. And uh, my podcast is called The Leader's Notebook. I hope that you'll tune into it. You want to hear next steps and then immediately go straight to The Leader's Notebook. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Dr. Rutland, don't you do some consulting as well? And Yes, I, I have a, a private company called the, the Rutland Consultancy. In fact, uh, Chris uh, has just joined as one of our associates there. We do uh, consulting for churches and organizations, not just churches. I'm a consultant with the executive vice president of a major uh, credit union in Tulsa, uh, the, the owner and president of a multi-multi-million dollar uh, construction company, road construction in Texas, but mostly churches, organizations. We do capital campaigns, and we also do placement for churches and ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not placing people in in secular companies, but you know, somebody needs a vice president, uh, uh, an associate pastor, or a youth pastor, or worship leader, or you, your own self, are looking for a new position. You can go to the Rutland Consultancy. That's so good. Um, and and it uh, you know in this season as we've talked about in these two episodes this season of uncertainty just kind of this unknown and the and the what next um, yeah let, let's let's lead well but let's partner with people who've been there uh, you know thinking again of your story um, I think back uh, one more time to the conversations that we had uh, years ago in Florida and uh, I can remember when I was writing um, my first book. And just a dialogue with you about ideas and you reading an early draft and then making suggestions. And, it, and it's so important that we realize as we lead, we need leaders mm-hmm. who are leading us. Yeah. As we guide others, we have to have the right people that are guiding us um, because uh, we need to hear voices like yours and minds like yours uh, because we believe that this is a season of hope. Yeah, things have changed. So much has changed. Uh, but we're we're not giving up. So um, I usually end these by saying, uh, you know, we want to make our next step our best step. But we want you to end it this time and encourage us just to, with some final statements so that each of us and our audience can make sure that we make our next step our best step. I believe that the greatest thing I could say to you this morning is great leaders are always great learners. Mm-hmm. Stay after it. Keep reading. Keep learn. Keep learning. Keep listening. God has more for you to know, more for you to experience, and more for you to do than you know at the step where you are now. The next step is your best step, and so is the one after that, and the one after that, and the one after that. (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Allen. God bless. 
Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Their debut single is coming October 29th. Follow them on Instagram at Casual Americans to learn more and pre-save their new song, Somebody Famous. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday. So join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.